Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. The Lord said, after you've had enough of living life, uh, living this joy life, and you want to take it up to the next level. The Father says, I got a place for you, glory to God, but you're not going to check out of this place until you're fully satisfied, glory to God, until you're fully satisfied with living. So don't take that evil report. Don't take it. Say, no, I declare the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord that says with long life, will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another Bible study adventure right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. I'm so excited that you decided to join me. We're going to have a great time tonight, and I thank you so much for your faithfulness. For those of you that are returning, longtime viewers and listeners, thank you guys so much. Uh, for what you are doing. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your phone calls. Your encouragement goes a long way. And thank you for your support of our ministry and the broadcast. It's because of partners like you that we're able to take this gospel all around the world. And as we say here at Kingdom Rock, when you give, people live. For all of our new people, all of our new subscribers and listeners, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're watching us by way of YouTube, make sure you uh, hit the like button if this video speaks to you. And uh, subscribe if you want to see more content just like this. All right. Well, I'm ready to get into the rich word of God. Oh, yes. Don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can find today's message and the entire series. So check it out today. All right. This is part number 10 of the series entitled God Protect Us, part 10. We're finally here. And I do believe that this is the last part, the final part of this series. We've been talking or, or ministering from Psalm 91. Psalm 91 has 16 glorious verses, and we've been reviewing it every single week for the last 10 weeks. This is week number 10, and I pray that you've been so richly blessed by it. So if this is your very first video that you're watching, you've got parts one through nine to go through, and I know it's going to bless you as well. And after we finish with the video, it's always a good idea. You can go back and review them, just watch them again and get the word of God in you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and read Psalm 91 and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll finish. I believe we, we stopped on verse uh, 14, 15 and 16. That's what we're going to be doing today. So let's go with it. Psalm 91 verses 1 through 16. It reads like this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Let me one more time. Verse 5, that is so powerful. One more time. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, 
nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Verse 14, because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Glory to the Lamb of God. Thanks so much for being with me today. Oh, we appreciate you so very much. Now, I want you to notice something. So today we're going to try to, and I do say try, we won't know until the very end. Uh, but today we're going to tackle, uh, or should I say review or minister from uh, verses 14, 15, and 16. Now, what I want you to see, first of all, is the wording in 14, 15, and 16 that we have not seen anywhere else in Psalm 91. Remember from last week, we stopped off on verse uh, 13 where the Lord said, you're going to tread upon the lion and the adder. Uh, some translations uh, translate the word adder to cobra. You're going to tread upon them. That is, you're going to march over them and you're going to trample that young lion and dragon. For more on that, go back to last week. What we see here in Psalm 91, there is nowhere in Psalm 91 where God says, I will stop the virus. I will uh, stop random shootings. I will uh, stop the dragon. He doesn't say any of that. But what he does do is empower the body of Christ, is empower the believer to go after the enemy. So verse 13 uh, talks about that warfare, that spiritual warfare uh, that's going on, that's raging right now, as a matter of fact. Uh, against the lion and the adder, the young lion and dragon. Basically, what that's talking about is uh, intimidation and deception. And that's the things that we're facing now. It's all in the nude, uh, in the nude, Lord help us, in the news. Yes, it's clearly seen in the nude. Yes, well, praise God. Let's move on. It's clearly seen in the news. <laughs> all right. Uh, we see fear and we see misinformation. Fear and deception, it's in the news. So God says, I put you in position, believer. I put you in divine position to deal with these adversaries, to have spiritual warfare. Again, for more on that, go back to last week. But still with that same tone, this tone actually follows us all the way through uh, to the end of Psalm 91. 
this warring that's going forth, how we've been prepared for this warring, even up into previous verses, the father said he will cover us with his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and buckler. So he's been preparing us for war, preparing us for battle all the way up until this point. And here we are again in verse 13, and that starts the conflict. He says, now you're ready to go out. He hasn't just been sheltering us to be sheltering us. Now we're ready to go out. Why? Because you and I are safe in the secret place, but the unbelievers, those that are in the world who don't know Christ are not safe. And so he sends us out to trample on and crush the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. So he places that authority inside of you and I. And so now we're going out like an army of light and we're moving forward. So verse 13 starts that. And then he says in verse 14, and we're going to go and really get in this today. I want you to understand or I want you to see in verse 14, 15 and 16, there's some language here that is not in the rest of Psalm in the book of Psalm or rather in Psalm 91. You'll see multiple times where the father says, I will, I will, I will. Before this point, he's telling us, thou shalt not fear, or uh, it says, uh, you will, again, yeah, you will not be afraid. And in verse one, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. So it's talking about, uh, up until this point, it's really talking about what you're doing and what Father's doing with you and how he's a shelter and protector. Now Father's saying, I am stepping out, I am stepping out from and there are some things that I will do specifically for the one who believes. Now we see this. You'll see how the father says, I will do this for him. Uh, the word him is also translated them or those who believe. So let's not get caught up in gender. God said, I will move I will do this and I will do that. So there are several things that the father said, now I will, I will act. Now I will be in this situation. I will deliver. I will set free. I will prosper. There are several things here. And as we catch what the father is doing, we can also proclaim it and declare it. So we've gotten down to the part of, the, part of Psalm 91 where we are in the I wills, where God is stepping and he is making a, dec a uh, decree. He is decreeing what he will do in our lives. And he's very specific. He says, I will do this for him. That is, I will do this for those who have put their faith and trust in me. And we're going to see this. So as it starts in verse 14, let's pick it up. So verse 14 says again, he says, read the entire verse. It says, because he has set his love upon me, Therefore, will I deliver him? I will set him on high because he has known my name. Now, let's talk about that for a moment. The Lord said that he said, because he has set his love upon me. Now, as we're talking about setting our love upon the Lord, that talks about delighting ourselves in God, where we also desire him. That talks about us joining together with him. And frankly, it's talking about uh, the fact that we can't do without him. You know, when you really love someone, you prefer to be with them than without them. The father says that he has become, 
because you have made the Lord so much a part of your life that really the thought of being without him is terrifying. The, the, the thought of being away from him is terrifying. You have set your love upon him. You have connected yourself to him and uh, you are attached to him. So think about those words as it says, because he has set his love upon me, meaning you have attached yourself to God. The father says, because you have done this, because you love me, therefore, he says, therefore, uh, will I deliver him? Now, this is wonderful. Now, let me bring out two other points about this love. The Bible says in 1 John, 1 John 4, 19, that we love him because he first loved us. So our response to God's love, or rather our love to him, is in response to, from, uh, for his love to us. It's in response. You love God. I love God because he first loved us. He first demonstrated his love toward us, and we received his love, and we're simply giving back to him the love that is given unto us. Now, some people may love God more than others. Why is that so? Well, let me give you a good clue about that, about setting our love upon him. Who has the more, who has more love or affection for God? The Lord Jesus brings this out really in, book, in the book of Luke, the seventh chapter, Luke 7, verse 47. Uh, let me tell you the scene here. A Pharisee, I believe, or yeah, I believe it was a Pharisee, uh, invited Jesus over uh, to have some dinner. Really, he was just going to scrutinize him and really just judge Jesus and just, just try to tear him down. That's what they did. They didn't like Jesus very much, those scribes and Pharisees. But Jesus got in there and, and he began to eat. And they, of course, they, they had their talks. A woman came in who was a notorious sinner. And she came in the house and she began to weep at Jesus's feet, began to cry so much that uh, I'm sure she was possibly somewhat embarrassed because of her tears. And then she began to wipe uh, her, wipe his feet with her hair. No, wiping uh, his, wiping her tears away from his feet, sort of drying them. And the Pharisee said, well, hey, if Jesus were a man of God, if he were a prophet, then he would know what kind of woman this is and that's touching him now. If he knew what kind of woman she was, surely he would, in him being a man of God, surely he wouldn't want her to touch him. Jesus looked at him and said, uh, you know, when I came in your house, you didn't give me any water for my feet uh, as, a, as a custom. But this woman, of course, she has uh, washed my feet with her tears and she has dried them with her hair. She has she has given me the common courtesy, in other words. And then the Lord begins to say here in verse 47, as he begins to talk about her directly, he says, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little, little is forgiven, the same loveth little. The Lord says that she has much love for God, much love for Christ, because she's been forgiven much. In other words, she has an awareness of her sins. She knows that sin deserves punishment, and she knows that she does, does not deserve the Lord's goodness. But because the Lord has released his forgiveness, he has shown her his love. 
She considers what she has done and, and who she has, has become in her life. She considers all of that, what she is worthy of, judge, judgment. She considers that and sees his great love for her and releases great love, much love, because she has an awareness of who she is and what she's done. And she is aware of how the Lord has forgiven her of all of it. And what happens? Much love springs forth. The Lord says that those who love him little, well, they are forgiven. Uh, those who love him little will be forgiven little. Maybe they've done just a little things. Maybe there's a little bit of self-righteousness in there. But those who know that they have done some things in their lives, and those who know that they're not deserving of the mercy of God, of the grace of God, those will ring out in gratitude and in great love for him. So some will love God more because they've been through more. Hallelujah. Some will love God in an abundant amount. Maybe you have been through some things. Maybe you have said some things to people, done some things to people, hurt some people. Maybe you have uh, in your life have, have been crooked and maybe you've done some evil things. And you know that you're not deserving of the mercy and grace of God. But still the father in his loving kindness and tender mercy bathes you in his forgiveness. He bathes you in his loving kindness and tender mercy. And when you realize that you receive the love of God, his love for you is unmerited. It is unmeasurable. You, when you realize that, that he loves you in spite of you, then great love springs forth. Oh, my God. Great love springs forth. We realize what Jesus did for us upon the cross, how he paid the ultimate sacrifice for us, for the ungodly, those who were not worthy or deserving of God's grace. When we realize that, oh, my God, when we realize that, great love springs forth. So Jesus said, hey, you know what? He said she loves much because she's been forgiven much. So she's returning his love for her. Oh, this is so uh, rather she is returning his love. She is reciprocating. Her love is reciprocal. She's giving it back in great measure. So the father says again in that verse, because he has set his love upon me. He said, therefore, will I deliver him? That word deliver there is the same word used uh, previously in Psalm 91, where, where the Lord says, uh, I will deliver thee. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. The word deliver here means uh, roughly it means to rescue, to pull out of danger. God says, because you love me. Because you desire me, because you are attached to me, I will rescue you. I will snatch you out of harm's way. My God. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. The Lord said, I will rescue you. And then he said, I will set him on high because he has known my name. So one he promises here in the word, because you love me, I will rescue you from danger. And then I will set you on high. Now that phrase on high means to be placed in a place that is inaccessibly high. It talks about being inaccessibly high. That is too far to capture. 
Oh my God, did you get that? Too far to capture. You're too high up for the devil to get to. Glory to God. The Lord said, I'll snatch you out of danger and put you up so high the devil can't touch you. Glory to God. He said, because you love me, because you have set your love upon me. He says, therefore, will I deliver him? Oh, I love this. He said, I will set him on high because they have known my name. The word name implies character, nature. It implies authority. God says, you know me. In other words, again, we have been through something together. <laughs> you have weathered some storms in your life and you've seen how the father was a lawyer in the courtroom or a doctor in the sick room. You saw how he was a way maker when there was no other way. You saw how he pulled you through, even though everybody else seemed to be against you. You've seen it how they turn their backs on you but the father never left you. You have been through something with him and he said because you love me I'm going to snatch you out of that danger and I'm going to put you up on high so high the devil can't even get you because you know me. You know my name. You know my reputation. You know my fame. We have some things going here. Do you see this? Because you love him, you have set your love upon him. Father says, I got you. I got you. I'm not sure what you're going through tonight, whether you're in the hospital or whether you're at home, whether you're driving down the road. I'm not sure what's going on in your life. But because you have set your love upon the Lord, the father says, I got you. I will rescue you from danger and I will set you in a place so high that the devil can't get to you. Your enemies can't get to you and it's because you know me you know my name <laughs> my God you know his name and what's his name Jesus glory to the Lamb of God he is the great El Shaddai hallelujah he is a strong breasted one he is Elohim oh he is our Messiah Jesus the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world the Father loves you and you have returned your love to him. And there is that relationship. And we'll see this going back and forth, back and forth. But again, why does father need to deliver you? Weren't you just dwelling in a secret place a moment ago? Yes, but it needs to deliver you. Why? Because of the, the previous verse. Remember, you are treading on the lion and adder. The young lion and, and the dragon shall you trample or crush under your feet. So you're going out in Jesus' name, tearing down strongholds. You're praying for people. You're casting down the coronavirus. You're casting down poverty and sickness and disease by the power and the authority of God's word. You are decreeing a thing and it is being established. And you don't think that devil won't gonna wanna try to hit you back? God said, when they come, don't worry about it. I got you. I'll pull you out. One man said, beat me up, Scotty. I don't need Scotty to beat me up. I need Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord said, I got you. I'll rescue you from danger. I'll set you in a place so high the devil can't get to you because you have known his name. So two things in that verse, you love him and you know his name. You know his character. You know his nature. You know his authority. 
God said, I got you, but we're not done yet. Let's look at verse number 15. Oh, are you excited about this? I'm excited about this. Verse 15 says, oh, and I love this one. Come on, let's, let's run, let's run, let's run, let's run. This is so good. Come on, here we go. It says, he shall call upon me. Oh, my Jesus. He who, he who loves me, he who knows my name. The Lord said, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Stop there, my God. He said again, he shall call upon me. Now that word call means to cry out. It means to cry out. It means to call aloud. It means to proclaim. It means to utter a loud sound. Utter a loud sound. It can also mean to read aloud. To read aloud. In other words, what are we? What are we? What are we saying in a loud sound? What are we declaring? We are saying the words of Father. We are putting His words on our lips. His word is is in our hearts, and we're declaring it out of our mouths. The Lord said again. He said, "He shall call upon me. He shall declare my word openly. He shall say what I say. She shall say what I say." The Lord says. And what will happen? The father said, I will answer him. Glory to God. He said, I will answer him. Now, the word answer means to, it means to answer, of course. It means to respond. It means to testify. It means to speak. It means to shout. So you are declaring, you are declaring by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. And the father says back, you are healed. Glory to God. You say, you say, you go ahead and read the whole uh, Isaiah 53. You say, Jesus was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. You are declaring that aloud. You're reading the word aloud and the father echoes back. It's done. You are healed. You declare my God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And the father says, yes, supplied, supplied, supplied. Hallelujah. So we decree a thing and the father echoes back. Glory to God. Are you getting this? This is not something silent because remember our Timid days are over. Your days of the shadow walking are over. It's time now to come out in the light and be bold and be brave and declare what thus saith the Lord. Somebody said, well, what if I say it and nothing happened? But what if you say it and something does happen? Doesn't this something happening outweigh something that does not? Glory to God. You know, we've got to come to the point where we realize that that the weight of God's glory and his purpose for us is a whole lot more, means a whole lot more than the possible embarrassment among men. I want to please God. And I pray that's what you want to do. You want to please God. You want to please him. You value his pleasure more than you do man's pats on the back. Glory to God. The Lord said, you will call upon me. The Lord said, they will call. He will call upon me. You will say out loud. You're not timid anymore. You will say out loud. You will declare in your prayer time. You will say his word out loud. You will read his word out loud. And God said, I will answer. 
Glory to God. Oh, I love these I wills, don't you? He said, I will answer. Now it goes on further. He said, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Stop right there for a second. The Lord said, I'll be with you in trouble. Well, what trouble? Go back to verse 13 again. He said, you're going to tread upon the lion and the adder uh, and the, the young lion dragon. Shall you trample crushing? So the enemy is trying to come against you. The father's already said he'll deliver you and set you on high because you know his name. He said, you'll call on me. That's like Elijah calling down fire from heaven. Glory to God. And the father answering by fire. Hallelujah. He is backing you up. You saying a thing and he is backing you up. Glory to God. You speak and the father does the work. Glory to God. And then he says, I will be with him in trouble. Now, this word trouble does mean distress, but this word trouble also means, uh, it also means vexing or, or vexer. And I love this as well because it also means, uh, okay, yes, it means distress or, of course, trouble. It also means rival wife, rival wife, vexer, rival wife. Now, that sounds odd, doesn't it? The Lord said, I'll be with you in trouble. I will be with you in your stress or your distress. I'll be with you uh, in the times of your vexing. Something really gets under your skin or someone getting under your skin. And then it says rival wife. Well, look at the rival wife situation there in Scripture. Uh, one, of course, I look at is with Hannah and Paniah, right? That rival wife situation. Uh, Paniah had the children. Of course, Elkanah was the husband. Elkanah was the husband. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah was barren. Hannah didn't have, uh, Hannah didn't have any children. So Paniah would badger Hannah. Oh, look at you. God has not favored you because you don't have any children. You must be no good. Now, uh, Paniah was really after Hannah because Elkanah, the husband, loved Hannah. He really loved Hannah. Surely he had affection for Paniah. You know, they had children. Surely there was something there. But the Bible says that he loved Hannah. I believe it says he loved Hannah more. And there was always that rivalry situation until Hannah, of course, went to the went to the uh, went to the temple and sought the Lord. And of course, the high priest Eli said, God has heard you. And of course, uh, Hannah had her first baby. And that was Samuel, the prophet Samuel, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. But there was a rivalry going on now where one is against another. Think about that same rivalry like in some type of uh, sporting events, uh, two football teams, one against the other. So the Lord said, I will be with you in trouble. I will be with you. In other words, I'll be on your team. I'll be on your side. You can count on me. And with the Lord on your side, it doesn't matter if the whole world is against you. You're going to win. Glory to God. He said, in the time of your adversity, in the time of your trial, in the time when you are being vexed, God said, I'll be with you in trouble. I am with you in trouble. Glory to God. I'll be with you. Glory to God. And you plus God or God plus you equals the majority. 
with the Lord on your side, the whole world can be against you. It wouldn't matter because the Father is with you. And somebody needs to know that tonight. The Lord said, I will be with you in trouble. In that rivalry, rivalry situation, I will be with you. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, I see somebody. It's kind of like they're at some type of um, event and somebody's messing with them. And, 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 but somebody bigger comes up, you know, and uh, the smaller guy says, you know what? Well, I'm with him. I'm with him. And there are other people, oh, oh, begin to, begin to back up. God said, I am with you. But it's not over. He said, I will be with them in trouble. Now, listen, he said, I will deliver him and honor him. Glory. He said, I'll deliver you. Now, this word deliverance is different from the other two words that are that are translated uh, above us. They're translated in the uh, verses ahead of this. This word deliver here, it does mean to rescue. Yes, we got that. It does mean to draw out or to remove. But it also means to equip for war, to arm for war. Grab a hold of that. Now, why is that important? Because back in verse 13, you were trampling on the enemy. You don't think he's going to come back and try to do something to you to stop to stop you from messing with him. God said here again, you're going to call upon me and I will answer you and I will answer you. He said, I will be with you in trouble. I'm on your side. And then he says, I will deliver him. Yes, it means to rescue or withdraw, but it also means to equip for war. He said, I'll give you a special armor. I'll give you a special sword. Lord, I'll give you a special military might. I will arm you for war. Glory to God. Now you can get this in a second. He said, I'll arm you for war. That includes angelic reinforcements. Glory to God. I'll arm you for battle. Glory to God. And then he says, I will honor him. I will deliver him. Uh, meaning, of course, rescue, yes, or, or removal, but it also means to arm. So maybe the Lord pulls you away to arm you up, to send you back in. He said, he said, I will arm you for war. I love that. Let's stay there. I will arm you for war. And then he says, I will honor him. Now, the word honor, it does mean to make glorious, make you heavy or, or, or make you weighty. That is, make your name great. I'll make you somebody, the Lord said. I'll make you somebody. I'm going to make your name great. But it also means, it does mean to, uh, to be rich as well. Hey, I'll give you some money and things. Now, that's all wonderful, right? But it also means, this word honor also means to, to make grievous. And it means to make burden burdensome. Now, understand that that's kind of odd, isn't it? The Lord said, I will deliver you. Yeah, arm you for war, or it could mean, of course, removal, remove you to arm you for war. Then he says, I'll make your name great, and I'll make your name great, yeah, and make you glorious, yeah. You be somebody, yeah. But then he says, I'll make you burden, burdensome, burdensome, make you grievous. Now that's powerful. Let me tell you why. You ever had somebody call you on the phone and go, oh, my goodness. Oh, what, what do they want now? What do they want now? You ever had somebody do that or you peek out your window, you're at home and somebody blow and you, you wonder, you look out the window. What do, what do they want? What do, oh, what do they want now? You know, because that person has become 
grievous to you, burden, burdensome to you. There's something wrong in that situation. Now bring that to this verse. The father said, well, you know what? I'm going to arm you for war and I'm going to make you burdensome to the enemy, to your enemy. I'm going to make you grievous to your enemy. In other words, that devil will say somewhere in the hounds of hell or the, the halls of hell, when he sees you get up and begin to pray, he goes, dog, she's praying again. Dog, he's praying again. Oh, that devil think he got somebody wrapped up with cancer, some sort of sickness and disease. And then here you come back. Here you come walking in the room. He goes, dog, they're here again. They're going to cast me out. They're such a burden to me. Do you want to be around that person? that's burdensome to you or that's grievous to you. No, the devil says, let's go. We might as well just go now. We might as well just go. God said, I'm going to arm you for war and I'll make you burdensome. I'll make your name great so that when the enemy sees you coming, oh, we might as well just leave now. I'll make you so grievous to him. I'll make you so burdensome to him. He'll have no choice but to retreat. Glory to God. And instead of the enemy running to you and messing with you. Oh, you're going to be messing with him. Glory to God. Just by you stepping in the room, just step in the room, just bow your head in prayer. God said, I will do that for you. Oh, isn't that awesome? But it's, that's not all. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's go a little bit further. He said here, Let's look at verse number 16 now. Now we're in 16. Isn't that exciting? Oh, we're in 16. Verse 16 says, with long life will I, the Lord's here talking about you. He said, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's talk about the word satisfy for a moment. He said, with long life, anytime the doctor tells you you're not going to live, you tell them, doctor, I appreciate your, your medical training, your years of schooling. I appreciate that, doctor. I know, you, uh, I know, you've, you know this is not easy for you, but I appreciate your opinion. But my father has the last say so. And my father said, with long life will he satisfy me. Glory to God. With long life I shall live and not die and declare the words of the Lord. What are you doing? You are saying aloud what father says. You are saying, with long life will my father father satisfy me. And the father said, with long life will I satisfy you. Glory to God. You will call and he will answer. Somebody has got to be hearing this and getting the anointing that is pouring forth in this place tonight. Glory to God. Are you here with me? And so let's look at the word satisfy because it is so powerful. The word satisfy does mean, of course, to be satisfied. It means to be filled but it also means, here's a, here's a new word for me. I'm sure it's not a new word for you. But this word, uh, for another word for satisfied here, or, is in, or another definition for it is surfeited. Surfeited. You know, and I, I see this word sometime, and I, I, I imagine in my mind a scenario with it so I can help me to remember. Like, hey, sir, you are really fit. You're fitted. That, that jacket fits you, sir. Sir fitted. Oh, all right, here we go. The meaning of sir fitted. Catch this. Catch this. Now, we're talking about the word satisfy. God said he will, with long life, will he satisfy you? Let's look at the definition of sir fitted or to surfeit. That word means to cause someone to desire no more of something as a result of 
having consumed or done it to excess to cause you to desire no more because you've had, you've had enough. That makes you think of a course of Thanksgiving dinner or your favorite restaurant. And, and maybe the waitress comes around again and says, hey, you want some more sweet tea? You want some more sweet tea? You want some more coffee? Oh, no, no. Want some more pie? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I've, I've had enough. I've had enough. Now, listen, there's a difference in somebody saying, Lord, God, take me home. That devil's on my back and I'm so sick and, and I desire to be home. Come on, take me out of here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done living. I'm done living. There's a difference in that and saying um, then in saying, Lord, thank you. I, I've enjoyed my life. Glory to God. I've seen your glory. I, I, I prayed and, and I've seen your hand move in my life. I've seen great things. I've lived an abundant life, a, a joyous life, a carefree life. I've casted all my cares unto you for you care for me. And you know what, Father? I'm ready. I finished uh, finish my course. Uh, I fought a good fight and I'm ready to be offered up before the Lord. There's a difference, the Lord said, with long life will he satisfy you. In other words, the Lord satisfies thy mouth with good, with good things. Psalm 103 says the Lord will satisfy your mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord said, after you've had enough of living life, uh, living this joy life, and you want to take it up to the next level. The Father says, I got a place for you, glory to God, but you're not going to check out of this place until you're fully satisfied, glory to God, until you're fully satisfied with living. So don't take that evil report. Don't take it. Say, no, I declare the report of the Lord. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord that says with long life, will he satisfy me and show me his salvation as we come to the very close of Psalm 91 verse 16 he says again with long life will I satisfy you God said I will satisfy you glory to God I will satisfy you and then he said and will show you my salvation let's read that I, I want to read that I'm sure it's I'm sure I'm saying it correctly but I want to read it anyway with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Lord said, I got something to show you. I got something to show you. Now, salvation here, I want you to catch a hold of this. Salvation does mean, uh, it means victory. I love that. It means prosperity. I'm going to show you something. I got something to show you. You've done well. You've done well. Now, these are gifts rendered now right here in this present time. He said, I'm going to show you my salvation. Salvation meaning, again, victory. It means prosperity. It means deliverance. I'm going to show you. But it also means welfare. All right, we're going to stop there. I got to show you this. This is powerful. He said, I will show you my welfare. Now, think a moment. The word, the word welfare in this country does not necessarily harbor great feelings. We think about someone possibly living in governmental housing. Maybe they get just, just a little bit of assistance or, or aid uh, each month. And usually it's not quite enough to really make it by. You can't call them rich by any means. Now, if that is you and you're living on the welfare system, let me know that Father has a higher system for you to live on. Glory to God. Understand something. So the welfare would mean that, again, that 
the government is taking care of you. The government is seeing to your needs. And, and often our government, thank God for our government, praise the Lord. But all of our needs aren't often met if we're on the welfare assistance from the government. Now, God said, listen, he said, with long life, will I satisfy him and show him my salvation, my welfare? God said, yes, the government does it that way. But let me show you how I do it. Let me show you how I would take care of you. Let me show you my housing for you. Glory to God. Let me give you my monthly check. Let me give you my health plan. Glory to God. Let me give you my government cheese, so to speak, the God cheese. God said, let me show you my, he said, with long life will I satisfy thee and show you my salvation. I'll show you my welfare. I will show you how you will fare well. I will show you how you will do well as I'm providing for you and comforting you and keeping you and protecting you. So after it's all said and done, you fought a good fight. You've kept the faith. You're going to sit back there. Glory to God. And God's going to give you a long life. Not a premature death. Long life. That's what we're claiming. Amen. And he said, now, I'm going to take care of you. Glory to God. There's, there's no more fighting there in verse 16. God said, I got you. I'm taking care of you. And that's how we're going to end. That's how Psalm 91 ends. Much like the way it begins as we're taking shelter in the secret place and fathers all around us and caring for us. And here at the end, as we're still here, I got you. Now you're on my welfare plan, the father says. And then sooner or later, we slip off into eternity. That's Psalm 91. God's protection plan. The father desires to protect you and your entire family. But listen, if we've learned nothing else from Psalm 91, you're going to have to declare the word and, and stand firm on what he said. You're going to have to know him, give your heart and life to him, and he will lead you step by step, day by day. He loves you more than you can ever think or imagine. How much, how much does God really love me? How much does he really love me? Well, he loves you this much. And Jesus demonstrated that much upon the cross. Jesus paid the price so that we could have life and so that we could have peace with Father. The wrath of Almighty God fell upon Jesus upon the cross so that we could have a relationship, a loving relationship with Father, so that we will no longer be alienated from God, but so that we could know him as Father, as Lord as forgiver so that we would know him. So maybe you're in a place right now where you don't really know if you love God or not or even know him, but you want to. Well, my friend, you're here at the right time in the right place. We're going to pray a simple prayer together. Now, I want you to know that God has already made all the provisions for you. The Lamb of God has already been slain. In other words, the Father has already made a way for you to have perfect peace with him regardless of what you've done, regardless of your past, regardless of what's happening around you now, the Father, through Christ Jesus, the Father looks at you. He looks beyond your sin, and He sees you, and He loves 
you. He loves you. Hallelujah. The only thing holding you back from him is you. So step over yourself and realize that the Father loves you and receive his love. And that starts with just a prayer. It doesn't have to be this particular one, but you just got to believe it. Just got to believe. So let's pray this prayer together, okay? Just say, Father, I come to you a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in Jesus, and I believe that he paid the price for my sins, and that he died upon the cross, and that he rose to, new, and that he rose to life on the third day. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. Make me yours. And I'll serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. And I repent from evil. I turn from evil ways. And I turn to you. And I desire to be with you and to serve you. I thank you, Father, for forgiving me and making me yours. Now fill me, Father, with your Holy Spirit. Give me a new language, a new voice, a new walk. And I thank you, Lord, for loving me and receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friend, if you believed and you prayed that simple prayer or a prayer like that one, the Father has heard you. And because of what Jesus Christ has done for you, you are as sure for heaven as if you were already there. Glory to God. And I say welcome to the family of God. Now, make sure you contact me on my website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. Click the contact button and let us know. Share the news with us. We'd be so grateful uh, to celebrate with you and welcome you into the family of God. We love you guys so very much. And once again, thank you for joining me for this series, God Protect Us. I pray that you have been blessed if you want to leave any comments on our website, we love to love to see it, love to read it, love to celebrate God with you. Just go again to www.kingdomrock.org. And there you can do it and give your comments. And as well as if the Lord really touches your heart and you want to give into the ministry, then please do so. We could always use the help. Just click the give button in the top right hand corner of the screen and you can give into the ministry and it will be well received. Until next time, remember, Jesus loves you. And we're praying for you. I am praying for you. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next time. Love you. Bye-bye now. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.